bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 2, Melee Doubles Education, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jesse, or Cypher, whichever, you get it. Now, my logo artwork that my brother Blake did for me, shoutouts to Blake, has both things. So it's Jesse, Cypher, Cypher, <laughs> he, I should have talked a little bit before recording this. Well, you get it. Let's talk about how we got Cyrain. That's right. Cyrain is on the podcast today. So excited to share this interview with you. Stick around afterwards. We're going to talk about some stuff like Evo being bought out by Sony and all that kind of fun stuff, as well as a little bit of a, not recap, but so far so good for Gallant Melee Open Online Spring Edition. So stick around. But meanwhile... Please enjoy this interview with Cyrene, and if you can tell me the exact moment where the recording cut off, you you go ahead and try your best because I tried to make it sound sort of. I I didn't like add in additional audio. I just sort of spliced it together. So if you listen, you'll be able to pay attention, and if you actually hear it, just tell me where it is, and maybe I'll shout you out or something. I don't know. I mean, is anybody actually going to even bother doing that? Please enjoy this interview. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by Cy Rain, an Alston Melee Top 10 doubles player snub. Not even in the honorable mentions, but a legendary doubles player nonetheless. Cy Rain, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I have been made aware of your like your story a, a little bit because of Brentos. Shout outs to Brentos. Oh yeah. I asked I him today. Guy. I asked him today. I'm having Cyrene on. What should I what should I talk about? Like can you give me a, a few questions or do you have maybe a story I should ask about? And Brentos really got me some 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 great information, some great questions here. So I'm very appreciative of that. And in particular, the part about how you are someone who is better at doubles than meets the eye, not someone who won a lot of big tourneys with the uh, the doubles players that you've played with. I think the most notable one was Milkman, but you're someone who has been in top eights through doubles and has taken a few firsts here and there and maybe should have potentially been on the Austin Melee doubles players list potentially uh you know it's funny i actually did see that video and there was some part of me that was like oh i sure hope somebody like acknowledged me that would be pretty cool um and obviously i wasn't um but no that that is interesting that that you know that's one of the, the key things that you bring up because i uh obviously i love singles and i think that's primarily the focus for most players and, and i totally get that um but i've always uh, in, in melee or in other games i've always uh sort of leaned towards team uh, team games i definitely prefer the idea of having a teammate and uh, and teamwork in general right so that was pretty much my focus after i first started teaming with with uh, taupe way back in the day it was like okay i sure i want to be the best player in the world but like really i just want us to be the best team in the world so that was uh, far and away my my you know primary focus or goal so thinking about how you got started with melee the the origin story if you don't mind i'd like to spend a little bit of time there you don't have to go all the way back at the beginning if you don't want to or wherever you want to pick up from where does siren meet melee uh so i actually 
sort of stumbled across competitive melee in uh, I want to say maybe it was my freshman year in high school. It was it was really early. I used to play uh, Halo Two actually competitively um, with a buddy of mine in high school, and I went to an MLG event, uh, my first one in New York, and I actually saw a melee there at you know at MLG, and it was like, oh man, you know everybody knows melee pretty much, you know, from that generation. I was like, oh man, I love this game. That's awesome, and I ended up talking to some people and. Uh, and you know understood that there was a tournament scene and sort of more than met the eye with the game itself and that was my first introduction and i didn't actually start playing competitively then but it was like oh okay like that's a thing right so uh if you fast forward a couple years i had uh sort of abandoned halo 2 i wasn't a big fan of of halo 3 and so i started playing smash um and it turned out there were a couple kids in my high school that were sort of into it so i ended up hooking up with a couple dudes there and every morning after we got off the bus maybe 45 minutes before school started you know we would just hang out in the trauma room and play melee every morning on one of those old like crts on the like wheel and cart uh if you know what i'm talking about oh uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah totally ridiculous right us just like sitting there every morning with our like 30 45 minute session um and eventually uh I, I don't remember how i found smash sports but i did and i you know posted in there asking about the local scene and at the time i didn't know anything but somebody recommended uh tope right they were like yeah i think he lives near there around richmond you should hit him up and so I ended up messaging Tope on Smashboards, and he was like super nice and accommodating and ended up telling us, you know, come over one weekend, I'll, I'll take you guys to a tournament with us. And so it was me, him, and, uh, and Meep, an old Ice Climbers player uh, who was really good um, at the time. Uh, and he was Tope's teammate at the time as well. So anyway, we go to our first local and like, I didn't realize this was the case, but you know, I walk in the door and there's like chilling and like Asin and Chu and husband and wife and Neo and like all of Team Arlington. It's just like, oh my God, you know, I had no idea how much talent was in the region, right? And of course, I go 0 and 2 at my first tournament, but just seeing that and like meeting all those people, I don't know. I just totally fell in love with the game and like started grinding really hard after that being inspired by all the all the players that you saw at one of the at one of those first tourneys that tourneys that you went to do you do you think that you what it might have taken you longer to fall in love with melee if you didn't have all of that community aspect kind of guiding you into that room where competitive melee is happening well you know i guess it's it's a good question because it's kind of hard to say like when and where necessarily i would have bridged that gap because you know i knew about advanced tech and i was practicing that and playing with like the the homies in high school but whether or not i would have actually you know driven myself up to a tournament and felt welcome or you know whatever without walking in there essentially with taupe um is is a good question you know i'm, I'm not entirely sure um i i loved the game obviously prior to going to tournaments but yeah i mean that was certainly like an important moment in the step to you know wanting to get good it was like oh my god there's so many good people here like and of course i got destroyed right so instead of feeling bad about myself i was like oh you know i, I have to get better like i definitely want to do better um so it was a big deal for me certainly yeah and i'm thinking of that question mostly because like for me uh growing up i knew sort of about competitive melee i at least knew that it existed because i watched youtube videos of ken versus pc chris the mlg new york uh, finals, the grand finals of that of that of MLG New York 2006, 
So I remember those being on YouTube in like 2006, early 2007, somewhere around there. And I'm just thinking, oh, that's so cool. But then I just like, I'm younger and I'm thinking, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I should really go to a tournament. And then all these years go by and I'm thinking I'm finally going to go to one and then COVID. And that's my story. So it's so cool to hear about how different people have gotten into Melee, especially in the pre-social media days. I don't want to date you too hard. I'm sorry, Simon. Oh, no, uh, dude. I, I know. I, I totally get it. But uh, I'm, I'm referring to the fact that there was Smashboards and there were other like forums that you could go to on the World Wide Web. But you were someone who was brave enough and, and, mo- and outgoing enough to go, oh, okay, Smashboards hey, anything happening in the VA area? And then you find out MDVA as a region is so stacked and there's a lot of great players. Like at the time that you were being introduced into the scene, a lot of established players and up-and-coming players. At what point did, did you think to yourself, I'm sort of here, I'm not being destroyed anymore? Oh, man, that's a good question. I mean, it realistically I, I don't know that i have a, a particular point that sticks out so it's like oh this this was the moment i mean there certainly were some you know quote unquote moments for me in smash but as far as just sort of realizing like okay i'm not hot garbage anymore and like i can actually you know I, i've shown i can get better um realistically probably the first time i didn't go oh and two you know uh the first time you walked in and you actually took a match off someone that you had maybe lost to or played against or whatever the first tournament win I feel like for anybody is like really significant unless you just happen to be like ahead of the game or in a rough region. But in MDVA, that was not the case. Right. So that first tournament win is like a huge deal for everybody. I feel like it just, it feels so good, you know? Oh, I'm sure it does. It it would be awesome, especially if you do struggle at first and everyone's going, okay, you just have to keep practicing. You know, we, we get it. You're sort of scrub level now, but if you keep practicing, you're going to start to play better. You feel that improvement, you start to understand the game more, and then you start to get those, those wins. What would you say is a win from, from those first few years that stands out to you? <laughs> um so it's definitely and and this is great because it's actually still on youtube um it was uh i don't know i had been playing for a couple years and i don't uh, i think meep just kind of ended up like retiring he had just sort of you know uh, moved on to doing whatever else um and so tope didn't have a teammate and you know i was obviously improving so he kind of like gave me a chance so we teamed a couple times and then uh we went to an event called uh c3 which was in like nova um and I don't even know if that place still exists anymore, but, you know, it was sort of a regional monthly tournament. So pretty much everybody came and we were teaming there uh, and we took uh, as an Enchil into game five and game five, uh, believe it or not, was on Corneria. And we ended <laughs> up, uh, yeah, I know, right. It's uh, totally ridiculous nowadays, but yeah, game five was on Corneria. It's, it's really lame. Go check it out. Um, but, uh, and we ended up beating them, which at the time, you know, somebody in the region upsetting, as in children or you know groom blue or whatever was was like a really big deal and to me like that was insane you know it's like arguably one of the the best and like well-known teams at the time and like out of nowhere me and Tope took a set off of them and that was probably the big first win that that meant a lot to me and also i think kind of cemented our our team you know what i mean like he was giving me a chance and we were testing the waters and then we beat them and it was like oh okay like this is a thing now you know 
I just found the I just found the video on YouTube. I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. I'm so <laughs> happy. I'm so happy to it, like it looks like it's the 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 160p quality, but I don't care. Oh, I love watching old melee and Corneri is a fun stage. Uh, it's just obviously not great for competitive melee nowadays. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, it's ridiculous to think about now. I think it's three foxes and a sheik, and we're just kind of camping the right side the whole time. So it's like it's definitely not good competitive melee. <laughs> and you're you're already starting to get into that that part of your of your melee career, if you will, where you're talking about teams. So at the first tournament, you weren't necessarily thinking that you were going to do teams with someone specific because you were just still so new and and just like doing the tournament experience from a melee perspective like you said competitive halo 2 player and you were aware of melee you saw melee were you going to that first tournament with someone the team or were you just trying to go you know what i just want to play in bracket I'll, i'll try to do teams with someone if i maybe like get along with someone here or with people that i came with like what was your thinking with getting into doubles well, so I definitely played doubles, especially it was kind of prompted um, even in high school, right? Because we had one TV and usually like four people. And so you're just playing teams because that's what, what you want to do. Um, so I uh, I actually had a, a buddy uh, from high school that the first time we went to an MLG uh, with Tope and everybody. And this was before, um, you know, Meep had quit and I had, I had linked up with Tope uh, to team. Um, and we actually did enter an event and we... I think we got knocked out badly by husband and wife. Uh, if I remember correctly, they like absolutely whooped us. Um, but, uh, but other than that, you know, I didn't really have much, much team tournament experience. I'm sure I entered with a couple of the like random homies, you know, along the way, but otherwise I don't know. But to catch up back to the, to the time where you went, yeah, me and Tope, we're going to start, we're going to start running stuff here and chilling eventually moved on i don't know how how in the timeline he went ended up going to california although i feel like that wasn't in 2010 or anything i feel like that was maybe in the past five years or so but wasn't playing as much and especially after the 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 documentary happened in 2013 i don't want to move too far forward without talking about a few things but according to a few things that brentos again shout outs to brentos sent me <laughs> you and tope were teaming up regularly at, at like 2008 on into 2011 it looks like at all these different at all these different events yeah absolutely i mean he was well so he was 100 percent like my teammate you know he was pretty much the only one if maybe there was a tournament one of us didn't attend or something you team with somebody else but uh no i'm i'm very much like into the you know what one teammate make a plan get better together you know i think it's it's just like it's a cool thing to do with a friend it's an extra you know step to playing the game competitively is is you know actually uh, doing it with someone else at a, at a high level i think it adds lots of fun complexity stuff like that so i really focused in on that and we just stuck together and teamed for for years and years but i should also say that we became like good good friends you know as well so i played with him all the time i mean tope is the one i pretty much you know attribute me getting good to i mean he essentially was the one that took me under his wing and was like you know all right i'm gonna get you good and so you know i'm pretty thankful for that right like not everyone necessarily had an immediate top level team slash mentor player you know uh to, to help them along the way so i was i was very fortunate because it is it is sort of 
maybe the matches weren't super close at the start, but the better that you got and then you were able to build that that synergy and sync up with each other to start really honing in onto that. What was a big focus of yours when you and Tope would talk about game planning and talking about the next tournament that you'd be going to? What would be the focus? Would it be other teams you were playing? Would it be characters, stages? What was, what was the focus through those times prep, prepping for a tournament? Well, I mean, honestly, it's a little bit of everything, like, especially once, you know, say pools or brackets or whatever come out and you actually know who you're playing ahead of time, you can actually just sit sit down and discuss that. And of course, when you're going to tournaments, uh, you know, at least local or regional tournaments every week and like a major every couple months or however frequently back then, like you, you have a pretty good idea of who you're playing and, you know, what they've got going for them. Um, and of course, there was just a lot of discussion about, um, about edge guarding because it's fox chic right so like we as chillin would call it the system um we just had great great synergy uh, as far as edge guarding and like controlling you know side of the stage so that was something we focused on um a whole lot but we also talked uh, about the composition itself like fox chic and we kind of played it not traditionally a lot of the times um he generally as chic was sort of the more forward one uh because he's he's less mobile but has you know like strong defenses and i was uh you know instead i just used speed to sort of make up for anything you know if he got hit i was like immediately there um to defend him but traditionally you see sheik's playing defensive and fox playing aggressive so uh you know we definitely had a different approach to it and that was certainly something we talked about as well yeah, like you were saying, I, I don't know a whole lot about the world of doubles because it's never been something that I've been quite gripped by in the same way that watching singles has. I, I think that for a spectator, that's probably true across the board. Like I, I haven't played the game enough to really get hooked onto the doubles as a concept, but I do know <laughs> that I've seen Plup2King play enough where Mew2King's playing defensive and Plup is literally just like a ball of fire all over the stage just wrecking everything and trying to cause as much shenanigans as possible and meanwhile me to king is chic is just like frequent <laughs> uh sorry repetitive repetitively uh grabbing the ledge over, over yeah he's just, he's just hanging out over there man he's just doing his thing um no, I mean, and there's certainly merit to that, right? Like, I think that's the more traditional style. And it's funny because I think when people, uh, you know, people I play now or towards the end of my, like, professional, you know, competitive uh, career sort of considered me to be like an aggressive, technical, in-your-face fox. But I, for a very long time, was actually, you know, very much a defensive, uh, much slower player. And I think a lot of that stemmed from playing, first off, against Tope, who was just better than me and of course when i'm playing with him i would always feel more comfortable with him sort of taking the lead so i think it developed that way but uh for those who aren't aware tope is essentially the one who invented cheek tech chasing so as a young fox playing against him every time you get grabbed you're just in the vortex for 30 seconds so initially i was a very 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 defensive player because i just didn't want to interact with him you know oh that makes sense but that was good training and it helped you do what you could do together as a team. You would sort of take those natural positions of, okay, I'm going to play more defensive. Tope will be more aggressive. And I hope that anyone who's listening so far, it's not Tope PH, uh, not, not that one. Tope T O P E. Uh, I felt the need to clarify that just because we're not using like state of the art yeah. microphones 
just in case no. anybody was confused. A lot of people do actually confuse. Like, yeah, if you're if you're speaking, you know, people do often confuse them. And Tope's old school enough and inactive enough, you know, it'd be easy to confuse. <clears throat> so, you were you were teaming up with Tope all through the quote unquote dark ages of melee. I I don't I'm not sure what else to call that era where MLG yeah. goes away, brawl comes out, and then everybody's just sort of splitting and falling apart more or less, and the events became a little bit less frequent but in mdva what was that time frame or sorry time period like when brawl came out well so of course since brawl was sort of the the first letdown right like we didn't know what was going to happen yet so we were all deeply invested in uh, in brawl's release and of course you know the night it came out everybody played and i went to tournaments and i played it for you know, at least a year, maybe longer, uh, essentially until it wasn't like easy to make money playing it anymore. And was like, okay, I know that sounds terrible, but it's like, all right, I'm going to go back to Melee. And I think that sort of me and, and Tope and a couple other people were some of the earlier adopters of that plan. It was like, you know, we're just going to go back to Melee. We'll see what happens. But like, we love the game. And so it kind of gave us an advantage you know like after that point when things started coming back um i definitely it definitely helped me get ahead of the curve because i was still just playing melee you know what i mean like when it finally came around uh even though there weren't a ton of events uh, i had just been practicing with you know with tope or uh doll or a bunch of you know any number of other like high level players from my region so you know competition was scarce but we didn't really stop playing the game I love that. You were definitely reading the tea leaves, if you will. You said, you know what? We're just going to play Melee. <laughs> the consequences be darned. And I don't, I don't hold it against you, like the, the play brawl until it's hard to make money off of it. Because if you're going to play a game you don't enjoy as much, you, you need, there needs to, be some kind of, needs to be some kind of treat at the end of the right. path there. It's like the carrot stick approach. Like, give me something here. <laughs> if, it, if I don't get enjoyment fulfillment joy passion if i get none of those things i might as well get money yeah no absolutely so that was definitely a thing and i was lucky because i just sort of was like meta knight looks cool i'm gonna play him so you know i also had that right out the gate it was like oh i just played meta knight super broken yeah right <laughs> so when when the revival sort of happened and i'm not talking specifically about revival of melee but i guess mm-hmm. that was a thing and also the documentary, and also Evo. This was 2013, and all of a sudden, there's like this, probably to this day, the biggest rush of new Melee player spectators' interest in the game after that time, according to what uh, the limited amount of information that I know, but what was your perspective as that year was happening? I mean, to me, it was amazing you know i mean obviously at this point melee has gone through like a couple of different renaissance periods and i think it's currently in one despite covid and despite nintendo and everything that uh you know it's happening especially with slippy there's more and more interest in more players than ever it's uh it, it sounds rude but I, I it's like the influx of the scrubs you know what i mean like you can tell the game's booming when you get online and you play like 50 bad people in a row and it's like oh there are like all these new people playing the game um you know after going to a tournament for so long uh two tournaments for so long rather uh you kind of you, you stop really noticing new players you know very much right um so it's cool when you see uh you see him show up and that was the same thing that happened around that era when everything started blowing up right like i didn't go to the first rom 
um, although I have been to like some of the subsequent ROMs, um, but that was obviously like a huge moment. And the uh, the doc, uh, same deal, right? I mean, just to see essentially like the Smash represented in you know like a high quality like documentary uh, was really amazing. I got like all teary eyed at the end of it and everything like that. It was really touching to me. And then of course Evo was the you know. Uh, the sort of cherry to top it all off, you know, so to speak. Uh, when I went to bed the night before um, the donations had ended or whatever, I believe Skullgirls was leading at the time. And I was just like, oh man, like, God, it's totally over. And I went to bed, like, feeling pretty, pretty dejected about the whole thing. And then when I woke up and saw it that morning, uh, I am not a loud person or like an excitable person. Um, I talk in a monotone, but I like yelled, like, I was so excited. I like yelled and like freaked out about it. Um, because that really was the beginning of everything, you know, for, for at that moment anyway. Uh, getting into Evo was like the biggest step towards kind of what we'd been working on as a grassroots community for so many years. Uh, that was a big deal. And were you able to attend that Evo yourself? Yeah, I actually, uh, I've been to a couple of Evos. Um, I, did, I didn't go to, I want to say like the last one. Um, I feel like I missed one. But anyway, yes, I did go to that first one for sure. Oh, that's so cool! And <laughs> what was a um, it's it was it was one that obviously like it was about as a uh, storyline of an ending as you can have. Like Mango was probably the most, and in a lot of ways, is still a very extremely popular player. Most people regard him as the best or the goat, if you will. And right. we don't have to talk about debating that. I'm just saying that Evo 2013 got a really good ending by getting losers run Mango, which was already a meme by that time, even if we right. weren't using the word meme as much. But do you remember any sort of uh, what comes to mind when you think of Evo 2013? Oh, God, so many things. Um, I mean, first off, I would say that I actually am kind of a fan of other fighting games and, you know, followed a lot of other uh, games and streams and stuff. So meeting, you know, a lot of the like Japanese players, like Street Fighter players or like, you know, the chance to run into like yipes and stuff like that was really cool to me. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're even like more old school than I am. Right. They're like, I, I don't know. It's so cool to meet the, the idols from, you know, even further back. Um, so that was great. And, uh, I had never been to Vegas. So of course that stands out, right. I'd never even yeah. been to a casino. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Of course, I played a lot of blackjack and just really just in, enjoyed the, you know, the city. Um, but as far as the tournament goes, uh, I honestly was just partying so much. I barely even remember playing singles. I know I didn't do very well. Um, <laughs> but obviously as a spectator, you know, Mango is my favorite player. Uh, go figure. And um, so, you know, in any tournament I go to where you get to watch the top eight and they're super duper hype. And especially if Mango's pulling it out, then like it's, you know, that's like the perfect, perfect top eight in my opinion. And then moving forward from there there's all that and there's all that interest and in people are entering into tournaments either again or there's new players and i'm wondering where milkman comes into this because you had teamed up with taupe for a long time but eventually milkman comes in and i'm not i, I honestly don't really know a whole lot about this player so you can definitely tell me more and when you decided to start teaming together oh yeah so uh he hit me up on Facebook when I was living in Richmond in essentially a smash house. I was living with a couple of my, my friends from high school that still played uh, and uh, 
Tope and Savage and Dahl. Um, so, you know, there were some pretty, pretty talented players there. And he ended up hitting me up because I think our buddy Voodoo from Maryland had sort of done what someone did for me on Smashboards. was like, yeah, Siren's in your area. Like, he's, he's cool. Like, hit him up, you know. Um, now, Milkman would later tell me that it took him like a year or two or something to actually get the nerve to hit me up. Um, <laughs> apparently, it was like that big of a deal to him. Um, but at any rate, so he just hit me up. I was like, yeah, dude, I mean, like, come over and hang out. Um, and he was a little bit a little bit younger. Um, so he was definitely like a teenager. Like, I don't know, he was like 16 or something. Um, but whatever, it's Smash, right? I mean, somebody came in my stream the other day and told me they were watching me on YouTube when they were 10. So it's just one of those things. Like, uh, some kids definitely are going to play the game. Uh, so anyway, we had him come over, and he was, like, surprisingly good. And, uh, and so he started playing with us a lot and going to tournaments and he just kind of jumped on board. Right. And like, we said, Hey, all right, we'll get you good. And he practiced with us. And then, uh, a few years later, Tope actually, uh, joined the Navy and moved to California. So that was essentially the end of our, our team's career. I mean, we've teamed a couple of times since then when I went out West, but anyway, at that point, Corey was on the come up, uh, and same as the it's sort of a generational thing at this point, same as me and Tope. Like, he wasn't on my level yet, but it was like, that's fine. Like, you're good at the game. You're good at teams. Uh, screw it. Like, we'll, we'll get there. Let's just, let's figure it out, right? And so we just started teaming, and he turned out to be a phenomenal teams player, and then we, you know, took off from there, so. And it seems as if one of the little memes based off of one of the pieces of information that Brento sent me, he sent me some results of you teaming with milkman that for the super smash con tournaments that you would finish in top eight but not quite be able to turn it on after that like make top eight which is very impressive super smash cons are are big big tournaments so getting there in the first place is obviously a big deal but then not being able to quite turn the corner do you do you recall like i don't know if frustration is the right word but maybe like what was your mindset like leading into that Sunday, or I'm even presuming here, did, were doubles even played? Doubles top eight played on Sundays for Smash Cons, or were they more of just like all day Saturday and finished by the end of Saturday? So I think the first year might have been on Sunday, but after that, if I remember correctly, because I remember being kind of like annoyed by it, I think they played it all out on Saturday or up oh. to top four or something. But yeah, I just remember being like, oh man, we got to play like all day long. Um, but yeah, it was kind of weird the last uh, couple of years. Right. They're, they're, they just, yeah, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, of course, I, I'm still stuck in the singles mindset. Of course, they're going to, like have it all set up nice and bougie for the top eight or top four doubles, but no, normally they just smash it all in the one day. Oh it's yeah, not... yeah. So it's... you what what would be what would be what would be a time frame of playing all the way from start to finish in a doubles pools to grand finals? What would be a time frame where you would say to yourself, "Oh wow, that was actually a surprisingly short day." Would it be like eight hours, 10 hours where you'd be like, wow, we were done so fast? Yeah, I mean, I feel like eight hours is a pretty reasonable time frame, right? Like essentially a, you know, a work shift and obviously you're not playing the entire time. Like you have time to, to take breaks. But if I remember right, it was a SmashCon one year where we were up at like, I don't know, like nine or 10, which wasn't miserable. But I think we were still playing like, I don't know, at like midnight or so. It was absurdly late. I remember me and Corey both just being very frustrated by the situation. I forget what happened, but like sometimes that does happen. Like it just drags on 
Um, so, you know, that can be exhausting, but at the same time, it's exhausting for everyone involved. So it's not really like a, you know, a big deal, I guess. Right. It, everyone is doing the same thing that you're doing, which is playing yeah. doubles for, for hours and hours and hours. And since there's a lot more happening on the screen, would, was there ever, <laughs> was there ever like a gathering, a circle of people just talking about playing doubles all day and being like, man, these people, these singles players don't even know. It's just like <laughs> requires so much more concentration to play the game. Like, <laughs> oh man, like, like, I got this back talking. I uh, I love that. So no, I don't know that I've ever actually like heard that sentiment expressed. <laughs> but I mean, I will say that. Uh, well, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier from a spectator standpoint and from a commentator standpoint, it's, it's definitely harder to watch and appreciate. Like, first off, it's kind of its own thing. And, it's you know, most people are, are not really good and super aware of teams, right? So they don't necessarily see what's going on. And it's hard to commentate because it's so hectic. So, like, I get why it's also not as popular. But, uh, but I do personally think my brain is like working harder when i play teams kind of like you said i mean there's much more going on and i can't just grab you and you know do like a simple flow chart uh to put on some damage right like it's always hectic and chaotic and like you really have to make in the moment decisions uh in, in my mind more rapidly than you do in singles um but there's also more margin for error because it's so chaotic so you know it depends and at what point did you start to say to yourself, and because you were competing all the way, all the way through like the, the, the renaissance of the documentary in Evo 2013 going into 2015, 2016, at one point did you start to say, uh, my hands aren't like the same or I'm, I don't have the same fire that I used to. Well, like, what was the basic thought process of you not retiring? Because you didn't retire, I would say, or not right. as far as I can tell, right? No, I mean, I, well, I was definitely emo about my wrist one time and like officially retired, you know. But uh, but that obviously didn't stand true because even when I'm not competing, I like playing with people and I like teaching people. I just like the game, right? But uh, but no, a lot of people actually don't know this. Like I was having hand problems like long before I sort of quit competing uh i just was playing less and less and still going to events but i was like more frequently partying or getting drunk and not trying super hard or dropping out and some tournaments i still went super try hard but i sort of slowly fell into that zone of like my hand's not optimal i can't play optimally I'm, there's no way i can compete for top 20 and it just kind of like went downhill from there so i didn't really lose my fire or ever retire specifically um and I stayed passionate about teams, right? Like one of the testaments to that is that every Smash Con I've entered, including the one I entered with Chillin, um, instead of Milkman, because he was teaming with Zane, uh, we ended up getting fifth. So I've gotten top eight in every every Smash Con I've entered, and I really wasn't practicing much during that era. Um, so, you know, it's been God, seven, eight years uh, of it sort of slowly going downhill, and now it's on the come up again, though, which is really nice. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, certainly. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's talk about what you're up to in regards to melee nowadays, because like you were saying, teaching, you're doing a little bit of coaching. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I mean, I'm in a couple of uh, smash group chats and one in particular, you know, like I'm pretty active with and play uh, play some of the guys in there from MDVA and a particular uh, buddy of mine um named i think his official like tournament tag is instinct but he enters under all sorts of stuff we all just call him hoss anyway who i've been like playing with particularly and trying to help um 
progress because he's in Virginia and we're, we're homies anyway and we have good connections. So I'm like trying to sort of take him under my wing. But I've been doing some coaching on the side as well. Um, I took a little hiatus from that for the past two months, but I'm actually probably doing some tonight, I think. Uh, so I practice with a lot of like mid-level players and then every so often I sneak off into the melee masters discord you know with like high level people and i'll you know i'll play some good people and go super try hard for a while um but that's always like really taxing right so i only do it every so often um i haven't entered an online event yet but i have a lot of people bugging me too so we'll see about that (laughs) they they miss seeing you in in tournament that that it seems as if like once you start playing in in tournaments or as far as i can tell like there's a certain amount of expectation of you're gonna be in that. You're gonna be in this week. You're gonna be in tonight. Yeah, it's like I definitely get nagged to <laughs> to enter stuff. Um, right, and so I know we're, we're bouncing around. I wanted to hear about like the, the the nowadays stuff, but I didn't want to forget this. Realizing, oh, still no doubles. <laughs> oh man, uh, so it's funny. I uh, I haven't even tried, and this makes me sound like a, a terrible person, but I haven't even tried the new doubles. Um, uh, but obviously knowing that there wasn't any at the time, it was like, oh man, this sucks. I was always like, man, I really want to play some teams, dude. Like it was definitely a thing that popped into my head. It was like, man, I just really want to play teams, especially with Hoss. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but then teams actually came out and every time someone in my group chat was like, Hey, I want to find some people for teams. You want to play? I'd be like, yeah. And then like 30 minutes later, he still wouldn't have found anyone. And you had to do all this you know, all the crazy stuff to, to make it work. I never even tried it. Um, but I did hear recently there's an easier version to use, so maybe I ought to try it now. That'd be cool. But, of course, no pressure, no pressure. I don't try to bring people on to be like, hey, when are you going to compete again and poke you with, a, with a, like a proverbial stick? You get it. <laughs> well, I will say that as far as teams is concerned, that's the one good thing is that, like, I don't care about letting myself down. Like if I am having a crappy day or I don't feel good, I'll just drop out and be like, ah, this sucks and go be emo. But I cannot stand the idea of letting a teammate down. So when I enter teams events, one of the reasons probably that we play so well and consistently is because I always try like 110%. You know what I mean? Like I'm never like being lazy or like apathetic in teams because I don't want to let somebody down. Um, And that's a huge motivator for me. Uh, And that's why I love teams, you know, even now, I would be much more inclined to enter teams than than singles. That's so cool to hear that that's like your that's your perspective on it. It's not just a matter of I like the style of it, but like the motivation is so much stronger because you're playing with and for somebody else. So, do you feel disappointed every time you watch the Ken? No, sorry, the Isaiah episode, and wife is saying Isaiah is the well. I don't think anyone's going to argue with you when I say that Isaiah is the best doubles player of all time. Like you're just going, well, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have, uh, well, first off, Isaiah is obviously like a legend and you know, like that's just undisputed. He's, uh, he's awesome. I, that guy's, I only met him like once and he, what did he say to me? Oh, I asked him for advice and he said, just think. And then he walked away from me and I was like, all right, man. Um, uh but anyway uh as far as myself like i have some some fanboys um as far as teams are concerned uh you know so like i know there are people that are aware but again i i never like won a super major and in singles like i never made top eight like ninth was the closest i came so while i was popular enough uh you know i sort of started going downhill after a while 
right around the time that melee started blowing up it was kind of like an unfortunate timing that you know it, it definitely pained to be for a while that all of that was going on around me um and it was like oh man i you know my hands hurt it's hard to get acknowledgement um but i have plenty of people that like love me and support me so uh it doesn't really hurt my feelings in it you know because <laughs> like hearing you talk about being more involved and and playing a lot and then something like a documentary comes out and and you're just going huh so, huh, kind of missed the the boat on on me, huh? Like that would probably that would that would certainly be me. Like I, I, I certainly will not turn down the online validation stuff. If someone wants to involve me with with a project like that, that'd be cool. Anyway, uh, it was, it wasn't just you playing for yourself like you said your motivation was to 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 play for the other person i'm curious to hear about the experience that you had playing in a in a in a tournament with ppmd like as as a doubles partner apparently that did happen according to brentos is that correct yeah um in uh at, at northwest manifest actually we flew out to uh to washington and we stayed at uh um silent wolf his place um and it was probably one of the best weekends i've ever had in the melee community so tope uh, actually did end up flying out there funny enough he was there but i didn't know he was coming or he hadn't decided to yet and i uh, had agreed or probably asked ppmd to be honest a team um but the whole experience was great like not only was the tournament cool i mean Silent Wolf's house was dope, and there were tons of other high-level players there, including um, Lovage and like Axe and Sfat. Um, so you know that that was totally sick. And a bunch of the Canadian players came down and hung out. And uh, of course, the chance to team with PPMD is like pretty legendary in my mind. Um, I mean, I think it was a, a little bit easier for me to be in an okay mindset about it and not feel like really, I don't know, like pressured or worried about performing because like I knew him and met him like before he had gotten big or whatever. So although he was a God, like I had known him long enough that it wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm teaming with PPMD. You know, it's just like, okay, cool. Like he's good at the game. This will be sick. Um, and we did go to losers. And I remember being like, yeah, this is probably my fault. I need to step it up. And then kind of like, you know worked through it and then played a whole lot better and and grants and we ended up running it back and winning and it was i mean it was a super fun tournament it was great to to go down to some degree not just totally sweep everyone with them to be like okay i need to like step step my game up a little bit and then have a really fun grand final set um so the whole experience one of my favorite weekends of Smash. losers run siren i love it yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, and of course, he didn't like give me a hard time either. Even though I was probably the one underperforming, like he was really cool, and we just you know we figured it out. Um, but I love that guy, man. Like uh, he he's awesome. I wish I wish he could still compete. Definitely looking forward to the potential return of PPMD for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's one of the one of the doubles videos that I have watched is is him and uh, someone from from his from his region. Oh, I, you would remember the name of the person Lazar? that he played with, and L O Z R that guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Beating, beating Hungrybox and Captain Crunch. Like that's a that's an awesome video. That 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 was a really good. And I feel so sorry to say that I can't remember the name of the person who made that particular video. 
I'll have to link it in the description of this podcast when we're done. But the idea of that video was to really illustrate why doubles is so cool. And when it's, uh, when it's two doubles teams that you are vaguely aware of, at least for me, I know who Hungrybox is. I know who PPMD is. And learning about LOZR and learning a little bit about Captain Crunch and then developing that storyline. It's one of the really, really cool things about Melee. And it, and it, when I was done watching that video, I don't know if you've seen it yourself, but it made you or made me, excuse me, want to go, are there other Melee doubles storylines? And it's just so cool when a group like Austin Melee makes an amazing top 10 doubles teams and you, they just did a really good job explaining sort of why doubles is really cool. Like imagine winning. Okay. Now imagine winning with a homie. Like it, it really puts that all into perspective really well. I'm just curious to hear your perspective of the quote unquote best doubles teams. Like I, you are certainly a very, very good doubles player yourself, you and Tope, you and Milkman, and then hopefully you and Haas in the future, if that, if that's a thing, but to hear what you would see out of either the, either Armada and Android or PewFat, Plup to King, those sort of teams when you would watch them play. Um, well, so really quick, it's just a little aside uh, because you happened to bring him up. I actually do want to shout out Lazar. Uh, that guy is super old school, and he was one of my biggest like f- friendly, you know, nemesis or whatever kind of situation because he was in North Carolina and he was like the top Fox player there, and I'm of course the Fox from VA and. Uh, and I used to go down there and play with that guy all the time, like before PP even played the game, right? Um, he was super duper good and a big motivator for me um, to continue getting better, right? Like we definitely pushed each other. So I just wanted to mention that since you happened to bring up his name. Um, but uh, as far as teams is concerned, yeah, I feel like, I mean, Mango's my dude, but I think that Armada is like legitimately the goat of the game. And I also think he's one of the best teams players you know i think he's just that guy right like he's just that well-rounded um and i think him he, he and android are a good example of someone who you know android being a phenomenal player but you're not going to see in top eight of singles but he's so well versed in teaming and they've obviously talked about it a lot and developed strategy and teamwork and you know camaraderie and confidence and everything uh involved so that they can win teams majors despite the fact that you know maybe he's not the strongest singles player in the world so like there is merit to that, right? Like teams is a different beast and just being good at singles doesn't inherently make you good at teams. Like you'll be ahead of the curve, but you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and yeah, CLG, um, PewFat is, they're probably my favorite team. I mean, I've known those guys for a long time. I've played them in tournament uh, with both Tope and Milkman over the years. You know, they go back about as far as we do, as far as I am aware. Um, so like, I'm, I'm a really big fan of those guys. They're both, super cool in real life uh they're total homies like really nice guys and they have that same sort of like me and tope thing like they're actually just really good friends and they've developed this bond over god you know 10 15 years how long they've been playing the game um and i just again not to sound cheesy but like i think there's something extra you know nice and like special about that like tope is like forever one of my best friends and we got to like play the game professionally on stage together right like it's just it's awesome it is really, really cool to hear not only did you get to like see these teams play up close and then you actually get to play against them with Tope, Milkman, 
uh, or, or anyone else in the in the interim, the video that I was referring to, I felt so bad that I couldn't remember who made it. Melee Stats made it. Team Liquid versus Team Catfish. Friendship in a mm-hmm. Game of Loneliness. That's the title of the video. It'll be in the description of this podcast episode. It was a, yeah, great video. Everybody should go check that out. But back to what you were talking about with with Armada and Android and with, with, with PewFat. It, it is a really cool thing where the the camaraderie starts almost outside of the game at first, and then it just gets translated into the game somehow and how you play together. That's really, really interesting. How else would you describe melee doubles to maybe perhaps someone who hasn't heard of that as a concept before? Like, how would you try to make that sound either appealing or something that's that's really something to try out right well so i mean i think one of the big struggles for people and i and i don't really know exactly like when this changed in smash because when i first started in melee especially in mdva and i think pretty much everywhere in the country like people actually cared about teams and there were a lot of the old school homie teams and everybody had like team names and it was taken very seriously and for some reason over the years it sort of fell you know fell out of the interest uh, for for some maybe newer players i don't know um so i mean there are definitely a couple advantages to it first off i think it legitimately presses you to to handle and like understand more uh, at any given time, you know, like relative to the characters on the screen and what what's happening and so on and so forth. Like there's a lot more to pay attention to. And sometimes, like I said earlier, it's more or less consequential depending because it can be hectic. Um, but uh, my big suggestion is that, you know, anyone interested in teams, if you think it's too crazy or uh, too hard or whatever, you know, if you've got a homie, just like sign up for teams at a tournament one time and, and, just see what happens and have fun and you know like don't be down about it just uh give it a shot because it's really rewarding to build a a team gameplay you know game plan or structure or something like with a friend and succeed alongside someone else you know than just yourself um and also just watch top level teams man you'll see incredible zero to deaths in teams that are unique every time right you you don't see people just get chain grabbed or zero to death which is always cool but uh but when you see some gnarly 2v1 zero to death man that's like i don't know to me that's just amazing i love how creative and unique and like diverse combos and situations can become in teams i don't know how much you watch of of like uh i guess streams but and and live events nowadays but None is a particularly creative and expressive player, and Moki yeah. is as well. And I and I I'm thinking to myself, if they both were, maybe they both teamed at some point together. I, I although I don't know that for a fact, but I'm thinking to myself, they're both really creative players. Singles, the doubles combo potential in a two v one, especially would have that would be something to behold if if they're if they actually ever ever did team together I, i'm gonna have to go find it if and see if that, any of that stuff happened because i love i love seeing moki clips i love seeing none clips as they come up on the twitter timeline but to your point there are just as many awesome things happening in doubles as well it, i have seen some of that stuff but then like you said sometimes i find it to be overwhelming trying to watch but i think it's just a matter of me needing to try to understand it because when i first watched singles it felt overwhelming i I didn't understand 
how they were moving so fast, how the two competitors were moving so fast. All they got to do is double the concentration, you know, for, for four competitors, and then I think I should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you can't, like, at all times be fully, exactly fully aware of necessarily what's happening on the screen, you know, ac- across from you while two people are fighting. I mean, you can, you know, kind of be paying attention, but if you're really, like, scrapping with somebody, of course, you're you're more focused on that in the moment. But uh, But there is something to be said for developing team's awareness right and and picking specific options that wouldn't be maybe optimal in singles that's another big thing you know as far as like passing them off to another teammate knowing whether or not they're going to be ready or actually open for it what percent they're at and you know how you receive the the return hit back and all sorts of stuff like there's definitely a a, a very different skill set required at the at the top level i mean you can do the low level teams thing where it's mostly two one v ones playing out and sometimes somebody runs over and interrupts. But uh, at a high level it's 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 very complex. I mean there really is a lot to think about and that's one of the things I love about it. What would you say is either the 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 most fun two characters to play against or the two most annoying characters to play against? Not necessarily players, but just like do you really enjoy playing against uh maybe like Puff and Peach or or hate that? Or do you like, or when you come across maybe two Marths or two Foxes, you're going, ugh, or like, oh, yes, this is perfect. This is just what I want. So I will say that one time me, uh, me and Milkman sat down and played um, Azin and Ether, uh, who is an old school Sova, like, like uh, Virginia Beach area, like hidden boss, uh, but a good old like friend of mine who also pushed me in the game, and they went double Marth, and I have never gotten whooped that hard in teams, man. Like st- Corey and I, or Milkman and I, were struggling to even take a match off them, and it was friendlies, but we were just sitting there playing forever. And I was like, dude, is, is double Marth like actually good, or am I just bad? Like I, I still don't know. Um, but in general, the most annoying to me, I mean, I don't know. I've never been great at the uh, at the jigglypuff matchup um so you know the the constant threat of getting you know grab rested or getting hit by another player and the jigs being you know ready to catch you in your hit stun and get rested out of nowhere is like it's just an extra you know added layer of pressure that's kind of annoying to deal with so jigs is up there um falcon can be rough because he's so fast and he can kill you out of nowhere and you know peach is pretty annoying because she just takes up space and sometimes you just eat a down smash right but it also depends what my team composition is right like Corey and i being double fox have different struggles than uh, my personal favorite team which is fox cheek you know me and tope so it definitely depends who you're teaming with too uh Fox Sheik can often get overrun by two space animals. That was a big struggle matchup for he and I um, throughout the years. So, let me think. I, I think one of the other things that I want to ask you about is sort of the state of Melee as it is now and for the rest of 2021, where you kind of see it going. Like, Do you watch tournaments or are you just mostly concentrating on not networking? That's the wrong word, but playing with the homies and all that, all that fun stuff. And where do you see, where do you see melee being when it turns 20 years old here in December? Um, well, so as far as melee itself is concerned, I'm actually uh, pretty excited for the future and pretty like optimistic about where it's going just because, you know, again, I'm, 
even just getting on rank unranked i'm aware that there are a ton of new people with new interests but just in general you know uh, online tournaments happening every day tons of entrants all over the different place uh, all over the place um and, uh, you know, I personally do watch some tournaments. I like watching like top 16 and top eight just to see who's uh, who's on there and who's been, you know, getting better because there is something to be said for the fact that we haven't really had in-person tournaments in a while, right? Like a lot of people are on the grind right now. I think it's going to be really interesting when we have a full year of majors and new ranks come out, right? Like I think there's going to be a lot of turbulence there because some people are super duper on the come up. Um so I'm really, I'm really excited for that. I mean, I think melee will still be booming whenever you know everyone's vaccinated, everything feels safer. Um, and as for myself, I'm sort of in the middle there, right? Like I'm definitely still playing, but I'm not playing, you know, not frequently playing people around my level or like pushing myself. Like I'm certainly sort of gotten unrusty, so to speak. But from like a meta standpoint, you know it's hard to imagine playing like a super good Marth right now. I can't remember the last time I actually played a good Marth at length. Uh, so I do want to start entering tournaments. Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm tentative. Cause I, uh, I don't know if my ego can handle getting beat up on by some Marth I've never heard of or something. You know what I mean? Like I just have to deal with that situation. Um, but I've been enjoying coaching and just playing with the homies and staying in touch. Right. Like I see no reason not to like stay involved, even if I can't compete. Because I just I love the game and the scene and the people. You're helping other people who want to who want to play, and potentially in the future, if you decide, you know what, I'm ready to go, then you'll 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 have people who want to support you, and that's that's a big deal because having a support system that that changes the 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 whole the whole picture in my mind anyway. That like having a support system for me like that that's a big deal to me. So it seems like it's it it's a positive thing for you as well. And that's, that's mm -hmm. awesome to hear. So where can the people find you? Um, so, you know, Twitter at Siren, or uh, I do actually stream from time to time. I'm, I'm trying to be more consistent now. And again, you know, like stream coaching sessions and stuff like that. Um, so you can always find me on Twitter or Twitch uh, at Siren. Um, you know, nothing fancy. I'm pretty easy to find if you want to. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, so I think I think that's all I got. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, oh, you know, there was one I actually... My goodness, my stream thing just went off. Uh, so one thing I did want to add, um, I, had, I had sort of glossed over detail that I, I actually did want to bring up when I was first uh, um, interested in Melee because of MLG, um, I happened to uh, to go to an another one. I believe it was the one in Orlando, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Luigi player named Vist. If you've heard of him, um, but he's crazy old school, like more old school than me. And at one of those events, uh, he was really cool. I was trying to talk to him about Melee, and he actually like hung out with me for a little bit uh, with his friend uh, Chops, another really old school player and they were the first people that ever officially like played the game and showed me advanced techniques and like sat down and, and you know like it gave me a little bit of time as a total outsider uh and gave me some insight into the game and i meant to bring it up earlier but i did want to shout them out because i still know vist he's a homie he's been playing forever he's in maryland uh, but he's a great guy and that was another big push to enter the community it was like all oh, these guys are so nice you know i love that that's so cool. Again, like you're you're the 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 Halo guy, and people are going, "Well, you want to check out Melee?" And props to you being open to it. I I feel like 
I feel like Halo, Halo and Melee are really, really different games, but it mm-hmm. something something clicks for you having both of those in, in common. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of it for me is, is team stuff, right? Like, I mean, I used to play League as well, although it's hard to get five people together. I don't play anymore. But really, any game with, like, a, a strong team dynamic seriously draws me in. Like, I just really love that, that version of growth. Um, as far as getting better i don't know why my obsession isn't like just me getting better uh, but for some reason that typically doesn't do it for me you know uh, for whatever reason so maybe the next time like if you're ever open to coming on again maybe next time we can try to get you and a, a long time partners double sorry doubles partners gosh uh maybe like taupe or 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 milkman or hoss or something and we can all talk about doubles <laughs> So I, I assume you've probably never talked to Tope, but he is a hilarious character. And uh, first off, I mean, you're you're great. I've loved talking to you. I'd be more than happy to come back on. And I'm sure Tope would love to come on. He's a hilarious guy. You would probably enjoy talking with him. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I actually haven't interacted with Tope yet as of, as of now. But it, again, like getting more and more into this, being... I didn't start as like an outsider, like at the beginning of January here, I've, I've followed melee and competitive melee and, and that kind of thing for a little while now, but it's just been so cool to get to know different people and getting to know you and hear your perspective on, on doubles really helps to personalize it for me even more because I, I think the, the more that happens, the more, the, the easier it is to enjoy and watch for for watching doubles and it's so cool so shout outs to i wanted to make this shout out as well enzyme is the person who was the driving force behind putting doubles uh making that rollback netcode oh. compatible enzyme is like the person not so much not so much fizzy although fizzy did a lot of great work for slippy rollback let's not detract but but enzyme was apparently the person who was really trying to make that happen so it's really cool that we have that opportunity to watch doubles until IRL events come back, and then here's hoping that continues to happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll have to uh, I'll have to go give the new the new doubles a uh, a try. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only other thing I would really say is, you know, if there are any new players listening to this in the interest of. Uh, you know, getting better and being a part of the community when when tournaments start again. Um, anybody who's new, man, just don't be afraid to like walk up and ask for games and ask people what their tags are and get involved because you know I know a lot of people who show up very very shy and feel uncomfortable, but pretty much everyone's cool and like that's the fastest way to get good is to network and you know get get opportunities to play different different play styles, different characters, different levels. Um, so that's always my main advice, you know, don't, don't be shy, get in there and, uh, and get to know as many people as you can. I love it. Siren, thank you so much for being here on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. Woo. We made it. Thank you so much for listening to the interview with Siren the whole way through. I loved having that conversation about doubles with him because as I repeti- repetitively, repeatedly said, but doubles is not as much of my cup of tea, but what an education from someone who has lived doubles, who is motivated to play for the person that they play with. It's so cool to hear stuff like that. Wait a minute. Why is this saying we're setting up your Samsung Q2U microphone? Isn't it already set up because I'm using it right now? Ha, ha, ha.
Uh, well, we're going to let this in the recording because I'm having fun and I hope you are as well. Okay, so Siren was great. Thank you so much to Siren for coming on. Looking forward to the possibility of having him on in the future. We were actually talking a little bit after the interview and saying it would be kind of cool, like we were saying, to have Tope on as well, Siren and Tope. So maybe someday we'll be able to do that. And in the meantime, let's talk about a few things current events, if you will, in the melee sphere. Oh, look, now my microphone is apparently set up and good to go, which is moot because I'm already using it. Gosh, okay. So Evo got bought out by Sony. Sony Entertainment, or whatever the full name is, bought out Evo, the literal entity and everything, the most famous or most notable fighting game tournament series Evo is pretty well known. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know what it is, but I just told you if you didn't know the context, now you know. And the reason why this is pertinent to Melee is because, well, I should say it's pertinent to not just Melee, but to Smash as a whole, to Nintendo as a whole. Sony is a little bit of a competitor in case you weren't paying attention, and the fact that they now have the rights and the the property the ip all that fun stuff of evo a lot of people were like how does nintendo feel about that will nintendo allow any of their games such as smash ultimate which was at the most recent in-person evo back in 2019 it was there are they going to allow smash ultimate there again are they going to allow melee there again now melee was held off from the Evo main lineup after 2018. They did not let Melee be in the featured eight eight games that were played on Championship Sunday. But all that to say, this is what Nintendo had to say about the acquisition. And this is from an IGN article, the IGN article being titled PlayStation buys Evo Fighting Games Championship Series, announces 2021 event dates, Nintendo comments. And it was written by Matt TM Kim. And here is the Nintendo quote that was given and passed on to all of us. Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wish the show organizers the best with their new venture, we will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Bros. tournament activity, a spokesman for Nintendo, sorry, a spokesperson for Nintendo said. Okay, so that's basically saying nothing in my eyes. I think that a lot of people agree, so that's not really to anyone who's listening who knows that's kind of the theme. Nintendo says something, they say stuff, and it really doesn't mean a whole lot. But I get the bad feeling, like a lot of people do, I would imagine that Smash is not going to be at future Evo events. And I always just love hearing them talk about, oh yeah, we're totally doing stuff. We're totally doing stuff. How many Nintendo tournaments... Nintendo-sanctioned tournaments have you seen for Ultimate or Melee or any Smash-related game in the past few months? Have you seen any? I mean, 
I think maybe there have been only one or two in this entire pandemic era. I don't know if there have been any more than a handful that I can only barely think of off the top of my head. It's really cool when events are held more often or if Ultimate had better netcode in the first place, if Nintendo actually cared about running tournaments, but they don't. That's sort of the theme. If you look up Nintendo Smash Cease and Desist on YouTube, you'll find plenty of videos detailing this out based on based on facts just of what has happened in recent history and the limited amount of quotes related to it and cease and desist that have been handed out to different games, not games, sorry, fan-made games and projects and people who are trying to show their excitement and passion about a Nintendo game or franchise and Nintendo goes, well, yeah, we don't like that. So there you go. All that to say with the fact that a competitor of Nintendo now has Evo in their sphere, it doesn't seem likely or as likely that Smash will ever be a thing at Evo again, but we shall see. I would be pleasantly surprised. Let's just put it that way. I would be pleasantly surprised if that were to happen, if Smash were to be at future Evo tournaments, especially when we are able to safely get back into an in-person Evo, since it is quite a spectacle. I've only heard a little bit of the story from people who've gone, including Cyrain, who was very generous with telling the Evo 2013 story. That's really cool. So what else do we got? Before we get going here, I wanted to also talk a little bit about Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition, the online tournament that is happening today, pools happening today on the twitch.tv slash BTS Smash and twitch.tv slash Gallant Gaming. The links will be in the description of this podcast. You will be able to watch a lot of awesome rollback melee today and tomorrow. That tomorrow is when the top eight, top 64 happens. I don't exactly know how many players are going to be eliminated today. Then we pause and play out the rest of the bracket tomorrow. But that's the basic concept, right? Today, we get started with everyone being in who is registered, and then people start getting eliminated because it's a double elimination bracket. But if you are playing, you already know this, or at least if you have paid enough attention, you know this. It's not just the double elimination bracket. There are also really cool things happening like the ladder bracket. I don't even know if it's called the ladder bracket. I think it might just be called ladder, where it's you competing with whoever, whenever, between a certain time frame, and whoever wins the most sets gets to have a little bit of a bonus in terms of a little bit of a payout. I don't know the exact amount, but you get it. So it's not just going to be the double elimination bracket, which can be disappointing for the O2 people of the world. If I were entering this tournament, I know I would go 0-2. So I'd be done playing in about 30 or 45 minutes, and I'd go, ah, I wish I could play more. But with the the cool thing about the ladder system or the ladder concept is that people who are involved in the tournament, if they so choose, can compete with other competitors of the tournament, regardless of what your bracket results were. You just all get into this imaginary room, if you will, a forum, 
and you get matched up with another player to play a best of three or a best of five set. And if you win, you sort of go up in the rankings of results within that sphere, within that forum. And then if you win enough sets, you'll be the person who has won the most sets out of all the other ladder bracket players, ladder system players. And they're handing out a little bit of a cash prize for that too. So if you're someone who is not as good at the game, this is not only an opportunity for you to get more than just two sets in, right? Because if you lose the first set in winners, lose the second set in losers, then you're out of the tournament. You can't play any more serious, sweaty melee. Ladder is a great alternative because you can lose an infinite amount, not that you want to, but you don't have to feel like if I lose, I have to stop playing like there's no more opportunities for me to play yes there are opportunities for you to play you can win hopefully a few sets maybe lose a bunch but all throughout that process you are getting better and hopefully at the next tournament you go better than zero and two and so on and so on i've been rambling for a while so let's go ahead and wrap this up by saying that the content day that happened last night on the bts smash twitch channel that deer and the rest of the Gallant Gaming crew put on was awesome. And it's hard to pick favorites, but I'm going to do that. Alston Melee had a great top 10 crews that have changed the history of Melee, as well as an announcement, the Alston Melee Bender. They're having their own tournament in the beginning of April here, an online tournament and it's going to be all kinds of different events, not just the singles, but also doubles and more, crew battles, that sort of thing, Smash Sisters, you name it. They got it. It's going to be really awesome, and I'm excited to see exactly all the stuff that happens. But I know that they're planning not just the brackets themselves. They're also trying to do all kinds of crazy content-related stuff because they're having a 48-hour stream. They're not just streaming during the day, quote-unquote, they're going to be continuously running with different stuff for 48 hours straight, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm really excited about that. We learned about that last night. So if you did not already watch these videos, go to Alston Melee on Twitter. Go to Alston Melee on YouTube. Go to Alston Melee wherever you can and <laughs> drop some support by way of likes, comments, subscriptions, follows, and engage with the content because Patty, Ryan, Mike, and Ted are fantastic individuals. I've had them all in my podcast individually, and <laughs> they're great. And also very purposeful about these top 10 videos that they make and the podcast that they do. All of it's super, super fun, and I'm excited to see this tournament in the beginning of April here. We'll talk about it more between now and then, don't you worry. But I wanted to make any of you who did not get told about this somehow, now you know. And I think with that, I'm done. Let's get out of here. We'll catch you later. How about that?